Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Check With Tech, your guide to things tech. I'm your host Yasin Azam and let's get started shall we? First things first, we have some surprising news about the One UI 2 update regarding Samsung phones. A really long time ago, Samsung customer representatives said twice that both the Samsung S8 and the Note 8 will receive uh, One UI 2 updates. Well, I'm here to report that that is not the case and they won't. Samsung at Unpacked said that no, the S8 and the Note 8 will never receive the Android 10 update. The problem is because Samsung's phones are guaranteed for two really big updates and the S8 and the Note 8 already had them from Android Nougat to Oreo and then Pi. So it's really hard for Samsung to try to put another big update on a phone that might not even handle it. But don't worry, it will still get security patches for now. I mean, yes, every phone at some point will stop getting updates. But yeah, now it's the S8's turn. And now moving on with new hopes, we have a new phone from LG. The LG V60 ThinQ 5G with dual screen adaptability. Okay, what does it have? Well, it has a Snapdragon 865, um, Android 10, 8GB of RAM, 128GB of storage with 2TB of microSD card storage. Yes, 2 2TB. Two it has a 6.8 inch POLED uh, display with Full HD Plus and as I said before, dual screen adaptability, a 5000 mAh battery, two cameras on the back, a 30 megapixel f1.9 117 degree ultra wide angle, and a 64 megapixel f1.8 main camera. Uh, along with that, you have a time of flight sensor, and on the front, you have a 10 megapixel f1.9 uh, camera. It has IP68, and yes, a headphone jack. I mean, it's not really a bad phone, but it really doesn't have anything that can, you know, attract me to that phone, except for the dual screen case, which we saw earlier. Uh, I think it was the G8X and the V50. So yeah, I mean, it's not really a new concept for phones, and neither does it have a really, really good uh, spec sheet. It's just a flagship phone phone and that tries its best to separate itself from others but really I mean I don't think there's any other difference especially for its price I mean a thousand dollars is a lot and uh, it's going to come in two colors blue and white yeah I forgot to mention that overall just flagship specs but very mediocre concept I mean the idea was new at the time but now I mean it's about to become the norm but what might become a real surprise of a phone is going to be the Xiaomi Black Shark 3 5G. Okay, side note, the 5G thing in, in phone names is starting to become boring. I mean, you don't have to put it in the name. And moving on, I mean, it's not really announced yet. We don't have the entire spec sheet of it. But all we do know is that it's going to be announced at March 3 and very slight details of it. I mean, of course, since it's a gaming phone, it's going to have the Snapdragon 865 and apparently 16 gigabytes of RAM, just like the S20 Ultra. 
But the difference here is that the display will have 120Hz refresh rate at QHD resolution. And the S20 Ultra, it was only uh, Full HD+, which Samsung is working on, by the way. So this is a step up for the Black Shark for now. And it's going to have a 5000mAh battery with 65 watt charging brick in the box. These are the only specs that we know as of the, the recording of this episode. And we also have a look about the design of the phone. So apparently they're going all orange this year with a hint of grey. It looks very bulky. I mean, I didn't really have the chance to try it for myself, but from the looks of it, it does look thick. Yeah, I mean, those are the only things we know uh, as of today. Obviously, I'm going to talk about the entire spec sheet of it next week. So I'm really excited to see what Xiaomi can do for its first 5G phone, which really isn't that big of a deal nowadays. I mean, if you want to put 5G, you don't have to put it in the name. It's going to become too long. A perfect example of this is the successor to the Huawei Mate X, the Huawei Mate XS. Honestly, if you held both of these phones together, you wouldn't tell the difference, but most of the changes are internal. To make the screen more um, durable, Huawei used actually four layers for the screen. Two of them are polyamide film, stuck together with adhesive and then you have an OLED display and then a softer uh, polymer layer that connects it to the rest of the phone. There is a difference in processors uh, from the Kirin 980 on the regular uh, X to the 990 on the XS with 5G. So he, see, this is an example of a phone with 5G that doesn't have 5G in the name. I know I'm being mad about something so small, but trust me, it helps by removing the 5G. It has a 4500 mAh battery, 8GB of RAM and 512 gigs of storage. You have three cameras, a 40MP f1.8 main camera, an 8MP f2.4 telephoto camera and 16MP f2.2 ultrawide camera. Next to that you have a 3D depth sensor. Of course, you don't need a selfie camera because, yeah, you could just fold the screen and take a selfie with the rear cameras. That's what's cool about folding phones. This time, the XS will be available globally for 2,500 euros. Definitely a lot. Worth it or not depends on your needs. Honestly, I feel like it's maybe $100 too expensive. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention that, yeah, Google services is still, no, it's not in the XS. Instead, it will be replaced by the Huawei mobile services, which I don't think it has um, a competitor to YouTube or some of Google's services. But yeah, I mean, Google even recommends that you don't sideload their services onto new Huawei phones. But uh, there might be hope. We have reports saying that Google is trying to make an exemption for the US ban to allow Google services onto Huawei devices. So far, the US government hasn't responded, but Google is, is getting risky. It's going to be hard for Google to convince the White House to still continue using uh, 
Google services onto Huawei devices. But also another half of the problem is that Huawei themselves might not accept the return. So this is still a progressing topic and if there's anything, you know, I can tell you because this is the guide to all things tech. Do you guys know a, a Switch game called Ring Fit Adventure? Where you hold a ring and then squeeze and pull on it and somehow that's used as controls to play the game? Well, Tempo did something similar but now it's with actual gym equipment. Well, what is it? It's a 42-inch uh, screen with 3D machine vision that can track your position and your posture. And the display will show a, a digital trainer that could encourage you and correct your mistakes and all of that. And then under that, you have a cabinet with dumbbells and barbells and weights, workout mats, recovery foam rollers, and a heart rate monitor. And all of those are worth $2,000 and you can pre-order it now. You can participate in on-demand classes and you can compete with others online. Yes, so basically you can have an in-home gym with competitions with people all around the world. And all of it's digital. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it because I still haven't tried it yet. But from the looks of it, it does sound pretty neat. It is a good idea. I mean, why not have your entire gym just inside your house with a digital avatar as your trainer? I am worried that there might be some software uh, problems because, I mean, it w it's going to be pretty hard to accomplish all of that. But I'm looking forward to trying it soon. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's summary of everything that's happened. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And please listen to my other episodes in the podcast. And don't be afraid to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, this is Yassin Azam signing out. See you next weekend.